Canuck Central in the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics Canada's favorite orthotics provider supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Uh, people are just absolutely loving the story time with Cheech we just had. So if you missed the first hour of the program, uh, we talked about a lot of different things, but uh, the highlight, as usual, when Cheech is on the show, was John Garrett and the many stories of John Garrett. And uh, a few focused on the early parts of his career. So uh, young Cheech. Young it was, Cheech. Uh, it was story time with young Cheech. It was. It was us getting out of the way and letting him tell stories. <laughs> like LB and Kokado. Cheech is gold. Uh, Chris and Duncan. We have need to have him on Connect Central every day for 30 minutes. Torgi, Cheech, you, sir, are a um, treasure. And a lot more reaction. Jabo on Vancouver City took the long way home just yeah. so you could finish listening to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, to uh, Garrett and Cheech, you know, we went late with Cheech, yeah. And usually, you know, we we are somewhat strict on breaks, and it's like, no, I mean, it, we we don't we don't impose any rules on John Garrett. He was telling us about stories of his wife throwing a Christmas tree off the balcony in Portland. <laughs> Just <laughs> who wants to stop that story? Not me. Uh, so that's hour one of the show. You can check it out now on podcast. We appreciate you subscribing and listening as always. But it is Friday, so let's get to the mailbag. Mailbag every single Friday here on Canuck Central. You ask us questions, we try to answer. At Satyar Shaw, that's uh, where the question initially comes out. Your replies then get answered during the mailbag. Yeah, and um, let's just say a lot of questions, as mm. always. Very much appreciated. And I, today, didn't realize it was Friday when I woke up. Like I, This <laughs> week, I've been lost the whole week. Yeah. So I had no idea what day it was. Well, you haven't had any weekends for like the last uh, three weeks because of all the uh, Canucks games on the weekend. Mm, yeah. Tough. It's, it's been tough, but you know what? It's it's good. And I, I'm actually, you know what? It's bittersweet. The season is ending. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, it's, you know, it's been Eight a long games year, left. but at the same time, yeah. But I always miss not having games. Mm. It's true. You know, there, there comes that point in the summer where we're like, man, we really need the sun, the, the, the games to start happening now. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have some playoff hockey to watch in other markets. And the lottery on May 8th. But Pumped. Let's, <laughs> let's bring in producer Josh Elliott-Wolf. Uh, we'll start with this one from Mick. So we got a few questions about this, obviously, the hot topic of the day. Uh, will the relationship between Canucks fans and Kuzmenko suffer because of his decision not to wear the Pride jersey tonight? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I know a lot of fans know. Yeah. But there are some that have. I mean, we, we get reaction. There's clearly fans who texted in who now say trade him. They don't like him anymore. Those feelings can always change with fans and players. But, yeah, yeah there are fans that right now, at least, don't feel the same way. Uh, I'll just say Kuzmenko will no longer have consensus approval from Canucks fans. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah consensus, you're right. But you I mean... There was nobody in this market that had an ill thing to say about Kuzmenko. His decision today changes that. I will say this. A lot of fans, too, have been trying to understand. Mm -hmm. You know, even once they say, I don't disagree with it, or like they're trying to understand. It shows you like how much they're, they like Kuzmenko. Yes. And they're trying to like be like, okay, so what's going on here? Can I understand this? So I see a lot of fans saying that. And all we know is 
cited as family reasons. We yep. haven't heard anything else from Kuzmenko, so it's difficult to, to, you know, to see if anybody's convinced or anything or if he goes into depth for it. But there's been a, a very, uh, let, let's say, varied response yeah. to this. You choose how to feel about it, honestly, yeah. uh, in, in the same way that uh, Kuzmenko is choosing to not wear the pride jersey. You know, this is about inclusion for all, and he is not a part of that. It's your choice to feel how you'd like to feel about his decision. Uh, this one from Jay Hammy. Do you feel confidence in the Canucks medical staff after this season? Was Heronic brought back too soon? And are they allowing guys to actually heal properly? Fair question. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, but- fair question just based on what we've seen happen here this year. Yeah. How many other teams in the league had to have a sit down in front of media with medical staff yeah (laughs) right over what what was happening with some of the decisions that were made and what was happening with some players on the team so it's fair that there isn't a hundred percent confidence in the Canucks medical staff yeah and that's just the reality right Uh, because of everything we've seen like you mentioned it's difficult though um to Look at this and say it's on management. I mean, on the medical staff, I think it's very clear. He came in, had an injury, an injury he can't play through, an injury he doesn't need surgery for. But now there's no point of him continuing. Like, to me, it tracks. Like, to yeah. me, it doesn't seem too... Like, yeah. It, it doesn't seem too out of order with what's going on. Like, it makes sense. Like, he probably, he, like the coach said, he can play through this, doesn't need surgery. He essentially jammed his shoulder, shoulder right? Which yeah. means he sprained his shoulder, essentially. And anybody who's sprained a sh- shoulder... Mm-hmm. knows it it's it's going to be it takes a little while for it to get back to 100%. I get why there are questions as I mentioned, but I don't think this is the one to get overly upset about. Just in that Philip Peronic could play tonight if the Canucks were still battling for mm-hmm. a playoff spot. If that was the case, he'd probably be in the lineup. This is more simply the Canucks wanted to see what it looked like when he was ready to go. They put him into the lineup, gave him a few games, got their first impressions, and now it's about getting ready for next year. And I think we're probably, you know, even the coach hinted that they might see a couple more players come up from Abbotsford here before the end of the season. So it's fair to also wonder if a couple of other guys maybe get shut down here in the next week or so before the end of the season. Yeah, I mean... It should. If anybody else needs to get shut down, shut shut them down. Some guys, they're not going to respond well to it. Like, I don't think a guy like JT likes to get shut down. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, he's never going to go on the record and say he's been injured. But I, I know of times before in a season where, let's say, they weren't going anywhere. And he still played through an injury that other players couldn't play through. Th- that's just how he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's one of those guys now. If it's he's a warrior. That, yeah. I mean, <laughs> however you want to <laughs> phrase it, right? And not to say that, you know, you want to be dumb about it and be in a situation where you're exasperated an injury and make it worse. It's not one of those situations, it doesn't seem like, but he's a guy that's just going to keep playing. Is there anybody else? And I think the organization, I don't think they want to fall too far out of the Bedard sweepstakes. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I don't think this is the one to get overly upset about. David, do you, th- do you think the Canucks will offer Kyle Burroughs a contract? Well, they've given a lot of other depth defenseman contracts. Yeah, I mean, why not? Like, why would, wouldn't they? I think if you're looking at anything along along the lines of league minimum. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. 
The question with, with Cal Burroughs is, does he feel like maybe there's another opportunity somewhere for him? Like, he, he's from here. He likes being here, of course. I can see them offering him, you know, league minimum again. Does Burroughs see an opportunity, or does he get an opportunity elsewhere to be more of a everyday player? Like, he's mm-hmm. been an everyday NHLer this year, essentially. But is there somewhere that will give him more game time? Because even looking ahead to next year, I would imagine Burroughs would be, if he does return to Vancouver, would be seen as, you know, seventh or eighth defenseman on this roster and somebody that's not guaranteed minutes from day one of the season. Is there somewhere in the league, maybe a team that is further down the standings that's willing to give a player like Kyle Burroughs more minutes and that way he can maybe parlay that into a bigger opportunity down the road. Sometimes players have to balance that sort of thing. Yeah. Nate, if OEL isn't being bought out, then who is Connor Garland? Question mark. I don't. Oh. So I mean, uh, oh, hey. so you took flack for uh, talking about Kuzmenko. <laughs> I took flack for talking about Garland yesterday. I was surprised. People like Man. Garland. But, but I mean, hey, short Kings United came after you. It was unbelievable. Did. It was it was pretty funny actually. <laughs> but I mean, everything I said still. I mean, what people said is like, well, he could pr- produce on the power play. It's like, yeah, he could, but he's not getting that opportunity. He's still paying five million for a guy to play fifteen minutes on your third line. Every he's night. also he's also never been a power play producer. Yeah, right? exactly. even in Arizona, no, he wasn't a good power play producer. And he's a, he's a fine player. He's like. Like I said, I even said, you know, again, context, he's been better than yeah. Brock Besser this year. He deserves better opportunity than Brock Besser this year, but still an awkward fit because stylistically doesn't fit with Miller, doesn't fit with, with Elias Pettersson. So if he's got a, if the best version of him is on your third line, you pay $5 million for that for a guy who doesn't play on special teams. Yeah. It's just, it's not, it's not efficient. No. It's very inefficient. It's just un- uninspiring. It's, it's, it's uninspiring to yes. me. But regardless, despite me saying all those things about Connor Garland, He's still a good hockey player. I'd rather have him be in that uninspiring role next year than have the cap charge to a buyout instead. He's he's too good to buy out. Yeah. If you, I said it earlier this season. It would be a failure on management if they had to buy this player out rather than be able to trade him. Yeah, you got to be able to move him, right? You should be able to move the player. I don't think a buyout is an option. I get why it's been brought up. He was certainly not playing as well as he is now earlier this season, but he's had more success under Rick Tockett as a lot of players have. And you're seeing more of what Connor Garland is as a player. But and when he was traded for, and he was the big piece alongside Oliver Ekman Larson, there was a wonder if there was more upside to Connor Garland. I think, you know, we've seen it now. This is who Connor Garland is. And it's a nice player. But I don't know if there's much more to get out of this player than what you already have gotten out of this player. One CDN. Reach keeps emphasizing shooting percentage in relation to a potential drop in production from Kuzmenko. Can you explain what shooting percentage has to do with anything? If he shoots more (laughs) and misses to lower his shooting percentage, his production is more sustainable? I don't understand the argument. So... Shooting percentage can influence your goal totals, clearly, right? We've seen this quite a bit. Andre Kuzmenko right now has had the highest shooting percentage in the NHL this year. It's the highest in the salary cap era, and it's the highest we've seen going all the way back into the 90s at 27.6%. He's had 134 shots on goal this year. So the simple math is... 
Like league average for shooting percentage is what eight or nine percent? Yeah, league averages. Uh, now. I think it's fair to say Andre Kuzmenko would be an above-average shooter. Yes, right? clearly. He is. He has an above-average shot. Yes. He has a knack for finding soft ice. Yeah. And backdoor plays find him, especially the chemistry he has with Elias Pettersson, the role he plays on the power play. It's fair to expect this player to have a higher-than-average shooting percentage. Correct. Even if we drop it down to 15%, which is well above average, he has to hit 200 shots on goal next year to get to 30 goals for the season. Yeah. So that's why I'm fading Andre Kuzmenko and his bid for another 35-plus goal season because he has to increase his shot totals by, you know, basically a third. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's, the thing is... By 30%. In order to still score thirty goals next year, I don't Likely. know. If, I don't know if that's necessarily um, really out of line. Okay. Like I can see him increasing his shooting to that degree. Like if you look at other players too. Like if I look at a guy like David Pasternak earlier on in his career, he shot the puck about you know two hundred and sixty-two times, two hundred and forty-six times. Guess what? Guess how many times he shot it this year? Three hundred and sixty-three times. That's a pretty big jump. A huge jump, right? And I think him getting to 200 shots shots on goal isn't ridiculous. He should be able to, I think, if he increases. Yeah. Um, so I think you can get there. And shooting 15% is still very high. Still very high. So I'm, like, giving him a lot, of, a little bit of leeway there. Yeah, it's still high. But I think he can be there because good goal scorers are around that 15% range. Like a guy like Pasternak, 14 15%. Mm-hmm. Pedersen for his career is about 16%. So it's going to drop down from where it is. It's, I think it's more about people. You said you have zero confidence. And people are like, what do you mean you have zero confidence? This guy is so good. So but. Pedersen has taken a hundred more shots and has the same amount of goals or has two fewer goals than Andre Kuzmenko. And he's at 235 shots for his career. That is by far the most in his career. And at a shooting percentage of just under 15, he's at 35 goals. So like the simple math is... It's going to be hard for Andre Kuzmenko to match his goal total unless we see a significant increase in volume from him next year. Uh, Wono, will the Canucks have blue seats next year? Uh, next year? Next year. I don't know. That's a big change to move all the seats out in yeah. one offseason. But you have no playoffs, and you might be planning to get to the playoffs. I don't know for certain about the seats, uh, but there is more planned renos to come to Rogers Arena. That yeah, much I do know. Yeah, I know. I know they are going to. I wonder if the seats happen within the year. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I wonder about. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if it happens by next year. But there's a decent chance for it. Uh, okay. Next one, Dean. Can we clone John Garrett? <laughs> I wish. I think we all wish. Would be nice. That was an electric. Uh, 25 minutes of Cheech just telling us stories from early in his career. I like. I wonder. I gotta ask Cheech when I see him later. Does he like? Did he keep a journal of all these things? Like I can barely remember yesterday. I can't imagine telling people all of these different stories going back 50 plus years. <laughs> I guess when you're a hockey player, you have more uh, memorable stories of how somebody fixed your broken nose. Or didn't fix your broken nose. We all have stories about, uh, except for like 
back then in hockey was so much so different because you yes. look at it now and it's like you know they were they're treated so differently back then it was like suck it up get back out there <laughs> like i don't care you broke your nose put a yeah. piece of tape on it and get back out there and play yeah go back home to trenton then we'll figure out what we're gonna do with you later <laughs> like what <laughs> i don't have a place to live uh pretty funny but yeah uh cheech one of the best this one from Matt Lee of BCLC. Does Dan Riccio want his first name or full name inscribed on the Play Now Sports trophy? Oh, uh, this is a good question uh, from Matt, who we'll be speaking to a little bit later today. Um, I don't know. Should I just go like one name, like I'm Seal? You know, just put Reach on the trophy? Sure. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, you won. I mean, I wasn't even close this year, so you can do whatever you want. I can't uh, say anything, and I'm not going to hate. Yeah. Up 16 units for the year. Unbelievable. Big win. Big win. It's huge. Uh, Chef Swagger, if the NHL playoffs started today, are there any lower-seeded teams you could see upsetting the higher seed? Oh, so yeah. That's going to say the Calgary Flames, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the Flames could. I think the Islanders could. Whoa, that. Not about Bo, it's about Sorokin. Yeah. And they play, they've been playing a lot better as a team. And you get, you, Hey, Bo has not been able to score. But what Bo's done is play well defensively. And that's what this team's identity is, playing well defensively. They don't score a lot. They play well defense, good defensively. They get good goaltending. And that combination in the playoffs is tough to beat, mm -hmm. no matter how good you are as a team. So I'm not saying Bo Horvat was cheating for offense in Vancouver. <laughs> I'm just saying he's been more impactful with less production with the New York Islanders than he was this year with the Vancouver Canucks. Basketball Phil. I, do you, were you expanding? Or? I'll move on. <laughs> Basketball Phil. What sport do you enjoy listening to the most in the car? For me, it's a baseball game. I, I Yeah, baseball is great for it because it's so baseball easy. Baseball with the right play-by-play -play yeah, guys. You need the right play-by-play -play guys for sure. I'd say, honestly, I love listening to hockey. When I was a kid, I loved listening to hockey on the radio. Really? Yeah, loved it. We Love should probably all say hockey, even if you don't believe it, just because we work here. <laughs> no, but honestly, I was thinking about this a lot. Like, soccer, too. But with soccer, is such a visual. It's soccer is, uh, as somebody who's called soccer matches on radio, it is very difficult. Yes. Uh, there is so much space. There's not as many, like, touch points yes. outside of the 18-yard box, center circle, those types of things, corner flags, yeah. whatever. Like hockey, you can really describe it. Hash marks, blue line, offensive blue line. Near wall, far wall. Yeah, far near wall, far wall, left wall. Uh, yeah, there's easier yeah. ways to describe and give people a mental image of where the puck is on the ice. And it's fast. There's no wait times, yeah. really, in and hockey. I, and that's because I remember when I was a kid and I listened to games. Because oftentimes you wouldn't get... You know, I'm, I'm old enough now to remember that I had to listen to a lot of games because they weren't on TV for <laughs> when it came to sports because you didn't get all the TV games. I mean, that's just the way it was. And I just remember being able to visualize hockey really well when I listened to it. And that's maybe why. I, uh, I'd still say baseball. Um, football, no. Football on radio, no. Football is kind of weird on radio. Yeah. Um, basketball, not so much either. It's definitely baseball for me. Like, Give me an old Vin Scully game. Got somebody who can tell stories in between the pitches in a very eloquent way. It's just, it makes for the perfect sort of sports theater of the mind. Yes. It also seems like the most difficult sport to call. 
Well, as far as like, you have to you do have a, to fill a lot of time. Yeah, you've got to do like a ton of prep. Yeah, <laughs> right. You got to yeah. keep, keep people entertained outside of like to one pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to be like you know Vin Scully telling stories about Mad Bum. You know, killing a snake somewhere in the desert. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's uh, that's the kind of thing that really can set you apart from the others. Discount Dracula. Uh, let's change this question. What job would you have gotten into if it wasn't broadcasting? Whew. Uh, well, I don't know if it would have worked out, but I was training to be an actor before I uh, moved to broadcasting school. So You just went with some non-risky actor. choices, hey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he want, like, he's artistic. Yes, <laughs> da- Dan's like I want to be an actor or like a broadcaster. I'm not doing a real job. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what manual labor? No. It's I'm funny though. Like, could have been a lot. Like, if if I was a handy person, uh, being a tradesman is pays pays pretty well these it days. Pays you well. Know? Pays you always well. got work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would have been. I was I was training to be an actor before I went to broadcasting school. So. Um, so you that act- was supposed yeah. to be the choice. And now you act as a broadcaster. Yes. yes. <laughs> now I act like I know hockey, as this text says. <laughs> See, again, it's all about acting. Uh, well, I, I mean, I yeah. could tell Reach never took statistics. <laughs> that answer made zero sense. It was just completely incorrect. <laughs> I don't know about that. Check your math. The mathematician you sure about that? Text, texting in. You sure about that? I probably would have been a lawyer. A lawyer? Wow. Yeah. I was going to study law. Probably would have been a lawyer. No, probably. I I mean, I took the LSAT. I was going to go to law school, and then a job opened up. Did you take it because it had sat in it? (laughs) LSAT? No, I didn't take the LSAT because that sat in it. But but I was going to – I mean, because I I was – I started – I went to college and everything university, but I always wanted to come into broadcasting. So I left college, finished my broadcasting degree, got into it, went to Alberta for a few years, came back here. And it just wasn't happening for me. This is back, like, I got into this industry in 2006. Yeah. So until 2010, I just wasn't getting where I wanted to get to. I came back, was doing kind of part-time, working in the Black Tower, and I decided to go and finish up my degree at SFU and apply for law school because if I don't get the job I want, I'm not going to be hustling, making minimal money doing the radio. I love radio. I don't love it that much to spend, you know, 20 years making no money, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was, so then, you know, things kind of worked out. Things kind of worked out. You made the right decision, worked I think. Out. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Don't know why, but my uh, my backup career was always mailman. Was it? Yeah. Oh. I'll just I'll sling letters. I mean, Josh, letters, you're still young enough, so. Well, yeah, it's still my backup. <laughs> Things don't work out here. I'm, I'm going to Canada Post. Not a bad gig, you know. I assume it's practical, yeah. right? Good benefits. Got to keep it realistic. <laughs> Fair pay. I'm pretty confident I could get pretty hired. Confident. Well, you have irrational confidence, so you probably should have aimed, saying, set your aim, high, aim yeah, higher. Yeah, you're right. You yeah, know ma- what? I should be an actor. Like, mail is always going to be, you know, around, right? You're always going to need somebody to send you a package. Yeah, true. Especially in today's day and age. Around Christmas, I could be like, wow, I got it for you just in time. Here we go. You're welcome. Uh, I got one uh, in f- late one from Ella. Okay. Because we saw JT Miller in the letter, does that mean he's staying? Ooh, I would say no. No, Josh. Uh, I would say yes. Not just because of the letter, I guess, but depends if you want to be an absolute guy. Yeah, I mean, hey, you don't, I don't do a- if sons of maybes. I work in absolutes, and sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> when it, when it suits your preference, yes. you love using that quote. 
<laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, uh, I I'd say it's a good bet. He does not get traded. Yeah, it's a good bet. He does not get traded. Yes, I mean, because I think for him to get traded, the Canucks have to get the value they want to be able to flip that to get the player they want. Right. And for those two things to happen, I'm just not convinced it will happen by the draft. But that's where it's at. I mean, percentage percentage. I'd put ninety percent. He's back. Yeah. Well, the I would imagine the player they want would cost more in trade than what JT might cost in Potentially. trade. Or you're taking a bet on somebody as a projection. Yes. Which is something Rutherford has talked about before. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's a tough one. I'd still, like, the door is open, but um, that the Canucks did not trade Miller at the deadline. And the reasons we heard why they did not make that move will still apply to the offseason. And the difficult, the level of difficulty that applies to that scenario still remains. So is it possible? Sure. Is it likely? No. Stan Richo, Satyar Shah. You are listening to Canuck Central.